rehearse my song. <laughs> We're dropping this series to talk about people online. figured that we might have have some some chit chat some introductory chit chat before our friend Jonah joins us Absolutely. so that we're not just uh I mean we do have some beautiful dead air to float in oh but yeah it is dead air <laughs> better redneck than dead air <laughs> um, yeah the uh I, I guess what we, what we really wanted to to log on and, and talk about today is something uh, something that I've I've lived my life under uh, quite a bit, which is uh, like living in, in in a community that's so small that uh, it's considered a food desert. That there is no there's no place to eat. There's no place to like like go buy like like especially like fresh food. Um. It just does not exist. There's a, you know, there's a, this idea that everybody in these like rural communities is just poor and sick and fat and they have heart problems and diabetes. And it's like those things don't manifest out of nowhere. You know, those things happen because people don't have access to like adequate, adequate nutrition. Like children in these areas, they grow up, you know, they might be like well fed they might be like you know they might not look like they're like nutrient starved but they are and it causes them like serious health problems for the rest of their lives and it also is just like you can't i mean people do it but you know a lot of the times people in these areas are working like 
grueling jobs and they're working these grueling jobs on like shit diets of like whatever you can get at the convenience store or the dollar general or um whatever you know. shitty um uh cafeteria that they have at their factory yeah yeah exactly exactly um just uh but before we get started i want to uh i want to introduce introduce our friend our friend jonah who has just uh just launched their new podcast you want to talk about it a little bit jonah before we really yeah, get started uh, the podcast is called deep state of mind uh it's basically going over obscure and you know really really weird conspiracy theories me and my friend gribble uh basically talk for about an hour where it's kind of like a show and tell setup where they'll pitch one to me and i'll pitch one to them and we'll just kind of react to them and talk about them it's it's mostly comedy i would say uh as far as you know i would heartily recommend it i listened to the first episode today while i was uh doing housework and as i told uh dear jonah it made it like at least 60 percent less miserable to do dishes so uh anything that can make dishes good is good i think that's a pretty good metric for like if a podcast is listenable yeah i haven't i haven't listened yet but the uh description of the content is extremely bad praxis state of mind yes uh we, we the, uh, uh, it is very mindset <laughs> <laughs> hanging out with friends talking about weird weird shit um probably uh probably not gonna talk about anything half that fun today mm-hmm. on stream um kennedy's kind of already like like started the uh started us off with the uh with the whole the whole bad shit about about why rural poor people are considered unhealthy um there's nothing to eat. There's nothing, nothing to find. So, to start off with, I think something that that people aren't necessarily um, aware of in in left circles is the ubiquity of of a place like like Dollar General. And I'm picking on them specifically because that's where most of the reporting is. Uh, Family Dollars just as bad. And if you if you compare the both of them, it's a uh, like a like really like a like a nation spanning moloch preying on 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 poor people um, in all areas cities yes rural areas yeah even the, back, uh, uh, go on oh i was just gonna say like the thing that unites where these places build and it's you know literally and blatantly in their business model is that uh is that they build where where poor people live yeah, like there really has been. This is just a random tangent, but like it, it does, it does remind me of the random investments, not random, but the recent investments in uh, trailer parks, you know, in trailers. <laughs> yeah. Like, just like, oh, well, the money is, uh, well, people don't have any money. So the money is in things that are very cheap or things that are billed as very cheap or only available to people who don't have a lot of resources. So that sure is good. It feels good. For, like the future of the market yeah uh I'd like to thank a uh, hyper gamer in official top for following us uh thank you king and queen yes thanks, good friends. um yeah the um 
you know, like I, I grew up, I grew up in a, I grew up in, went to school in a town with, uh, uh, with a population of like 320 people. Um, no place, no zero place to buy like groceries there. No, it's not even a gas station there. Um, Walmart's like 20 or 30 minutes away. So if you're extremely poor or if you're extremely elderly or if you're disabled, you know, you have to rely on other people to get you, excuse me, your groceries. Like five years ago in this tiny, tiny, tiny baby town, um, a, you know, where there is nothing, a out up sprout, sprouts a sparkling Dollar General, which like has just enough, they sell just enough like fresh food to be essential and be a grocery store, massive air quotes around grocery store, that they are essential um, and that they are a, you know, sadly considered like a valuable resource by people in, in this small town and in these really poor areas, because where the fuck, where the fuck else are you going to buy your groceries? Yeah. It's like, for some reason, like my mind, like pictures it as like a Mecca, right. (laughs) Or like, you like a, like a place where like, I don't know where all people gather. I don't know. That's kind of a, maybe I shouldn't have said that. That might be problematic. But like, a, like there's a call to Mecca, but really it's just like the ding of the opening of the doors of the family dollar down the street. I'm sorry. What no, a way no, to start it, this it, off. It, it works. I love it. The, uh, um, there is a, there's a very, very understandable, uh, 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 compunction to view Walmart as like the nexus of all evil in retail America. Um, Walmart is, uh, delightful compared to these, these dollar stores. Um, and they're, the entire business model is to go where Walmart isn't or can't. Uh, yeah, Aaron, who is, who is your commanding dollar, uh, uh, captain? Who's your commanding retail officer? (laughs) (laughs) So, you 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 walk in you walk into a, into one of these places and it is it is like a baby it's like a baby Walmart. They are they're they're trying to um, they are trying to emulate like Walmart's large scale success on a smaller level and in, in, in and at a at a massive markup because everything's more expensive than it is at Walmart. It's cheaper than like a gas station. So they have that going for them. But you you build a place in a rural area where there is no food, there's no grocery store. You make it just nice enough so that people like will shop there. Um, and then you offer um you they employ like five people um for minimum wage. Like the store manager makes like 15 bucks an hour. Um Yes, uh, champagne communists also also Dollar Tree. That's like the uh, mm-hmm. that's like the the lowest tier of dollar store. Also, the most fun to shop at. Yeah, it really is because well, because as someone that's that's still like trying to act like a ninety nine cent store. Mm-hmm. Okay, like like I think everyone had growing up where it was like literally a dollar store. 
I didn't because I grew up uh, when everything went to hell. <laughs> I I think it's important to note that that not a single fucking thing in Dollar General costs a dollar. Yeah, like, no. yeah. It's all like it's all three to five dollars in like like that's like the cheap areas, like three to five dollars, and then they have like the they have like fucking tools in the back and like they sell like I don't know I I just see like a like a all of the like weed killers I see like a massive in my brain a massive shelf of weed killer that's the our general baby oh yeah it's a uh, oh sorry Jonah yeah I don't know if it's like that uh, uh, like this where you are Bob but basically when Dollar Generals go up in uh, my home state they're like made out of sheet metal and concrete. They're like the 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 cheapest built thing, uh, yes. uh, around. Yeah, it's it's just kind of got like that that they're obviously going for just just the smallest amount of money to spend on it as possible. You know, as you said, hire like five people and just leech off of the community's capital. You know, even when people are buying stuff at uh, gas stations, it's still you know terrible for your health and it's still you know all these things. But a lot of the time, uh, I don't know if this is your experience, but my experience, a lot of the time, uh, gas stations, more rural areas are owned by somebody in the community. So that mm-hmm. kind of does at least right. a little bit keep the money within that small area. Whereas with Dollar General, it really just kind of siphons everything out. Abs- absolutely. And and what um, what I was going to talk about is on my on my commute to and from work, there's a town with uh, like... It's like smaller than the town I grew up in. Like there's nothing there. Uh, again, like they just built the Dollar General, and construction maybe took like six weeks, which is nothing. Like you can't build a house in that time. They just yeah. threw this fucking thing up. Yeah. Uh, and um, again, yeah. Like I'm sure for the people that that live there and work there. Um, Sweet. I have some, I have a place to go shop. I don't have to drive, uh, you know, like 20 minutes to the, to the closest, uh, Walmart or, or local chain grocery store. Um, which isn't a, like, it's, it's not a bad thing. I it's, but it is a, it is a predatory thing. Yeah. There, those are, like, those are two different feelings just because it's predatory. Doesn't mean that it's necessarily like, like evil that people go there it's evil that they have to go there yeah it's like getting a job when you're destitute like you're happy you want that job you want to be able to put a roof over your head but like should you have to like you know everybody does it obviously but like should you have to like toil for 40 hours a week for next to nothing so you can live like literally and barely survive. live not right right like yeah. it's or, not good but it's the, good yeah, like the 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 analogy here would be like, yeah, you're eating, but it's all like it's all high calorie, like high Low, fat, no protein, all right. yeah, all fat and carbs, like, all corn. If you if you've ever been unlucky unlucky enough to go into one of the newer Dollar Generals that have like a pro, God, a produce section, it, it's, I, I mean, it's really like the saddest fucking thing you'll ever see in your life because it's just like. You know, like the saddest, like three of the saddest heads of lettuce you've ever There's seen. Like some wilted asparagus. Yeah, yeah. some brown but bananas. On the other hand, 
you know, if, if where you live didn't have that or, um, you know, to, to bring this, not to leave out like urban areas about this. Cause I can talk about that in a moment, but like, if you're in a place where, you know, like deindustrialization has like cleaned out, um, and like all the Walmarts have left, all the local chain grocery stores have gone bankrupt. Like, okay, cool. We have a place uh, that we can walk to and, and shop now. And get something um, to make for dinner. Yeah, and get and get something for dinner. Um, yeah, cool. You don't have to like buy in bulk and put like a fucking whole cow in a freezer <laughs> in their basement. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you you don't have to go to get fast food. When I was working, uh, when I was in like southern New Hampshire, and I was working at this uh, this factory, uh, I was just so exhausted from working uh, that I would just stop off to get fast food there was like mm-hmm. months on end where i didn't get any groceries and you just feel like shit like it's it's such a self-perpetuating thing because once you get into that that you know diet of just the 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 cheapest it's just corn molded into a different shape yeah. uh you know you you have so little energy that if you want to buy groceries you you just feel worse and worse with, with each day and you have less and less energy i think that if you were to like replace every ounce of like reefer madness propaganda like just reefer just put like corn in there yeah i i'm pretty sure that we're like that's that's there's something there because like i i mean i joke about this but like it very clearly is not like you know the way that it's been used and the way that like corn has been processed and put into everything and you essentially get like paid to eat it it is like probably at the root of if you like reach into a grab bag of like all of America's health problems, like it's because of corn, like what you get, it's because of like the way that we sweeten our food and the way that we process our food, which is all incentivized by the government, giving them massive tax breaks to keep doing it. Yay. Well, I mean, yeah. and I'm another thing that, that. No, go ahead. another thing that uh, impacts is the livestock industry because cows are not built to live off of corn. They're supposed to eat grass. But uh, since corn's so cheap, we just feed cows waste corn, and therefore they get sick way easier because their body is not meant to digest it. They basically spend their entire lives with these massive digestion issues, and they get sick really easily. And then we have to treat the meat with antibiotics, and then that leads to uh, antibiotic-resistant bacteria, and it leads to people consuming the kinds of stuff that they should not be consuming through their meat. Right. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, it's a huge it's a huge problem just even with um, the few uh, few people in the cattle industry that that I personally know where the uh, you know that's a no individual gets rich off of ranching. Um, if anyone tells you that, they're they're lying to you, and they have no idea what they're talking about. Bought out mm-hmm. by big ranch. Yeah, exactly. Big um, it's a, it's a, it's a, you, you live your life on a shoestring. And so the, the, the advent of, of, of corn-based diets for, for cattle, like, of course, ranchers are going to go into that because it's, it's, you know, you save, you save this much money, this much money, and it means the world to like everything else. Um, but then you have the, the meat is, is way shittier and, for people that have like only ever bought uh, like bought beef in stores, 
like if you've ever like if you ever have the opportunity to like have like a butchered uh cow that's uh like lived off of grass it's like a different uh it's like a different food yeah it's, it's a world of difference yeah i was lucky enough just, to uh i was lucky enough to get my meat from a farmer when i was younger you know we we had a friend who had a, a like a small farm and we just got our meat from her and there was just a world of difference in the quality for you know sort of like this this small farm cow that had you know lived off of grass like it's supposed to versus you know a walmart burger or a you know what have you right one of those like steaks that are packed in plastic you can just almost see the needle punctures where they're like injected dye in it like yeah that's red that's red meat that's what you want babies eat it up yeah i uh i like this i like this topic so much uh we're just gonna we're just gonna keep keep rolling with it yeah no i found a it's good a i found a good uh article about it i need to get quicker with like managing the the stream folks i'm a rookie yeah this we're we're doing all this stuff on the fly yeah, yeah we are we are learning to oh uh, holy shit yeah this yeah sorry good. like 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 may allah forgive me for bringing up npr but they do, <laughs> no, but they, do they do do good journalism just don't uh, listen to the fucking radio um that that should rot your brain but they they do they do do good uh uh <laughs> i'm five i can't help myself <laughs> so yes we are told not to eat um you know corn is bad for you everyone knows that unfortunately pretty much everything that is shoved through our gullets through like fast food everything and, you can afford has corn in it yeah, everything because it's cheap. And it, why is it cheap? Because the government pays. I mean, literally, like the reason that you can get. So, I get so mad about this. When I was a teenager, I lived off of like I, prob not probably. I, I very very much had some like mental health issues, like related to like body image and like eating. Right. So I lived off of those like five one bars, fucking like uh, like protein shakes. Uh, diet shit, you know, all the like all of the stuff that you're supposed to, you know, that's like fed to you, like the things that are supposed to be healthier, right? The things that are special K cereal and all that. Like and you don't realize like all of the all of the healthy stuff that you can afford that's like at the shelf on the like, you know, normie grocery store, like it's not good for you. It's really, really, really bad for you. And it like, you know, you're told to basically like in like, especially in like the weight loss industry, you're like, you're told to like, can keep consuming these foods that are like just making your body like unhealthier, but just eat less of them so that you're also starving. And yeah. Like, and mainstream, uh, like health food sort of, um, crazes and narratives in the commercial world, yeah. like really yeah, can't nice. be trusted because, uh, I don't know if you all have read about this, but, back when there was the whole fat-free craze, when people were talking yes. about how fat kills you, it was the sugar yeah. industries that paid for the studies that said fat led to heart disease. So, yes. you know. Stop eating a macronutrient that you need, that your body needs to survive. You just starve yourself of, like, like knowing how, like, 
just like putting a little bit of like olive oil in your food makes you so much healthier. Like it's good for your heart. It's good for your skin. It's good for your, you know, it's, it's, it's good for your body. Like there's nothing wrong with a little bit of like healthy fat. Right. But you know, like decades of propaganda have like told people to be afraid of it, like totally afraid of it. Yeah. And instead you're supposed to like rub your body down with like high fructose corn syrup every day. Yeah. yeah you're supposed to just like, just slurp corn out of like a, <laughs> like a it, it's a, uh, uh, this was a, this was brought up in the, in the chat by many doctors, but yeah, stop fucking drinking soda, which is um, easier said than done. Um, like I'm, but, drinking, um, I'm drinking water. There's water in this bottle. Like, yeah. Definitely um, not a diet, not a new bottle. The, um, right there. Uh, uh, like just a couple of years ago, I, I mostly cut soda out of my diet. And even with that, I immediately felt better to, to rewind a bit. I did want to read what I put up on, on, on yeah, sorry. no, it's fine. Which, which goes back to Kennedy's original point about how eating this shit, um, just like slowly kills your body. But, um, Higher consumption of calories from subsidized food commodities was associated with a greater probability of some cardiometabolic risks. I'm, I'm so sorry for the big words. I hate them too. <laughs> um, basically, if you eat subsidized food commodities, which almost everyone does unless they're rich, you have a higher probability of both obesity and higher blood sugar levels, which raises the risk of type 2 diabetes which is like the epidemic amongst uh poor people in america well, yeah heart problems and diabetes are up there yeah yeah no like that, that's the that's, that's the killer that's one, and like, those are the, like the one-two punch yeah and for for almost everyone's folks that i know you know they're in their 60s and 70s they're still wor working at like like Walmart or whatever, um, and even even people that I would consider fairly healthy, like uh, like my mom, are uh, uh, super high risk for diabetes because they're um, they eat shit and they are on their their feet all day. It's not, that's not exercise. Like your work isn't exercise. Right. It's just like what your body's used to. And uh, God rest his soul. My, my uncle passed away. He actually worked at Walmart, like at a Walmart, like super center his whole life. Uh, like just pressing a button, standing still and pressing a button all day. And he, um, he died from complications due to type two diabetes, like 11 years after he was diagnosed. Just because, like, there also is the aspect of, like, like, like Jonah was saying earlier, like, you're tired when you get out of it, like a, like a shift like that. When you're on your feet all day, you don't want to go home and cook. You don't want to go home and like eat whatever like health food that your wife has like slopped onto a plate. You know what I mean? Like, he wanted to drink. You want that goddamn Taco Bell? Yeah, he wanted to drink his fucking Mountain Dew, and he wanted to eat his fucking Krispy Kreme donuts. Goddamn it! And he did, and he. Did until he died, but like it, it touches everybody, you know, even the, you know, even families that you would like, you know, it's not just like the fat schlubby people in the Midwest that are like affected by this stuff. You know what I mean? It's everywhere. 
Yeah, something I find really interesting is how uh, really unhealthy habits have become so codified into American culture. Like the idea of eating grass-fed beef or, you know, uh, uh, anything that's that's organic or natural has been maligned as like bourgeois liberal bullshit. Uh, and it's it's considered patriotic to eat the most garbage, you know, corn-fed beef that you can. And the idea of eating something healthy. And this is at the fault of the fact that you really, it, it is priced at a premium. Food that isn't made out of corn and garbage and grass-fed beef is priced at a premium. Uh and it's kind of become a thing where it's only it's only them goddamn Californians that are eating this stuff. It's not even in the same. Okay, like for some reason, I've noticed this since I stopped eating meat. Like for some reason, like the grass fed beef, like the the like the organic, like farm fresh stuff, is with the like the vegetarian stuff. Like they think that it's the same market because it's organic, and I guess it is that like fru fruy association or whatever. Like. I have no idea why, you know, anybody thinking with their, like, big boy brain would be like, yeah, you know what the vegans are going to want? Grass-fed beef. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it means the cows are vegan. Um, <laughs> means it's those weak, pussy-ass liberal cows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the... Um, yeah, so one, uh, yes, I agree. Shout out to everyone who's taken the grill pill. We absolutely <laughs> support that. Yeah. Um, I just grill like five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, you know, Jonah, you were talking about, you know, your eat, how your eating and exercise habits suffer after a long shift. Well, I, 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 I have to commute like an hour and a half to my oh. retail job. So, I, I, you know, which really ends up being two hours each way. Cause I have to like fit in time to like grab breakfast or like get gas or whatever. So it is a being a, that's like a 13 hour day. Yeah. It's a, you know, I work in a home improvement warehouse, so it's like a, you know, it's a physical tiring job. Um, I enjoy it, but it's, it's physical and, and enjoying. So like, when I get home, and then when I get home, I usually end up uh, working for a delivery app for a few hours, um, just for extra money, and um, like, and then my wife works two different jobs, locally. Like we don't, we do not cook nearly as much as we should, and like the. Uh, uh, like last night, we were just like, oh, you know what? We really ought to, we, we really need to cook. And so we, we put, we used our instant pot, which takes no work. It's the easiest mm -hmm. fucking thing in the world. Okay. And it's just like, we feel so guilty in like, like, why don't we do this more often? But it's because like, after like a really hard day, like even that is too much work. I just want to like like hit the numbers on the Jack of the Box app and go pick my my gruel up. Yeah, and, and you also know that some, something you were mentioning earlier with your commute is that uh, nothing like driving like an hour home in the dark really just like ups how exhausted you are. That was something that I really wasn't prepared for when I took on that factory job down in New Hampshire. Is that that hour drive home just feels like six hours, and you just feel more and more miserable as, as each moment passes. Cause you just want to get home. You just want to go to bed. 
Yeah. Well, like I remember Friday night, we, uh, I, I came home. Um, we did some chores around the house and then like, we kind of like, kind of like migrated into the bedroom after we ate. And, um, we were like, uh, we were about to take, uh, like our sleep aids. And one of us was like, wait, 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 hold up. It's only eight o'clock. And it was like, like, like how, how is it that early? Like, it feels like I've been up for like 24 fucking hours. Yeah. But like when you feel like that, you know, like I, I when do you exercise, like when you go to the store and that's not to like make it seem like my life super hard. Cause it's, it's not um, I mean, I harder than mine. Average. I think that's just an average for a lot of people. I mean, exactly. it is hard, exactly. but the, I, I think that I see the point that you're making, which is that, yeah, it's hard and it's what everybody's doing it's what everybody in these in these areas has to do yes and i live in a commuter town that's like you know my mom is a nurse we live in an area with about eight billion different hospitals it is actually like a like a pretty good job to have here instead of just being like you know i don't know like another service job right yeah and like she still like her she literally like she cut her commute in half recently with like transferring to another hospital and still it's like a 45 minute drive to work and then back home and she's working 12 hour days and she's you know she's a she's a float nurse she's such a badass i have so much respect for my mom she's like an absolute ox right and like she is five two and just like absolutely like zooming back and forth in these like hospital hallways, the way that they assign teams, they don't fucking make sure that everybody's in the same hall. You'll have somebody at the end of one hall, somebody at the end of another hall and she's hauling ass. She, you know, she'll have her like phone in her pocket and like counting steps. She'll have like 14,000 steps at the end of the day. Like she's working hard and she doesn't want to have to come home and cook. And luckily I am here and I will do it for her. And that's my, that's my bag, right? But like, and this yeah. is another sort of thing that I that I talk about a lot. Like, a lot of women that are in her situation are expected to just come home and cook, no matter what. Like, their their work does not end when they get not to not to like imply that like neither of you would would cook or like do things. But like for a lot of women, they are expected to have a full time job at work and a full time job at home. Yeah. yeah, I find it interesting how, uh, you know, how we had these these cultural perceptions with kind of reached their peak in the 50s and 60s where, you know, it was, a, you know, the nuclear household where, you know, you had the man go out and work, you had the woman do the housework. Uh, you know, that's terrible. But uh, then when you have the shift towards two people in a household needing to work, yes. then, you know, that that sort of pre-existing cultural sort of frameworks that somebody can have, you know, at least a little bit more of a healthy diet uh, goes away. Well, so, so what I was, I was going to try to bring in something a little bit more positive and which is to like, like beg everyone in here to, to try to read some, uh, some of Alexandra Kollontai's writings. She, she writes at length about how, how under, under socialism, under communism, the goal is to not to eliminate the family unit, but to make the family unit 
uh, more equitable with the goal of all members of the family unit having more time for enjoyment, more time for, 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 for family and less time as a commute, less time at work. And most importantly of all, less time, more, let me change that more, um, more sharing and more equitability specifically among domestic labor, mm -hmm. which even now is still considered, um, again, massive air quotes, woman's work. Yeah. Um, and, um, I don't, like, I don't, I'm, my brain is very theory poor, uh, but I really like a lot of, a lot of Colin Ty's writings. Yeah. I like the idea of like, not, I feel like this, I feel like this might have like a negative connotation for a lot of people, but like a kind of family values socialism, right? Where like, we were talking the other day, there really is like a, like, if you want the government to like fuck off and get out of your business, like, it would probably be, or like, if you want everybody to fuck off and get out of your business, it'd probably be best if you like had your material needs set, you know, like you might be a little bit less miserable, like might be a little bit less like likely to take things out on, uh, you know, the thing that comes to mind is like coming home at the end of my family experience was, you know, the, the patriarch coming home from a, from a long day working at a factory and maybe, maybe, maybe taking out some of the things that happened to him during his workday on us, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I think that that's a very common, a very common story, you know, especially like I live in a, in an area that used to be like a manufacturing center and so much of it closed down, um, you know, when I was a kid and I watched all the dads on my street lose their jobs. And my dad was one of the only dads on the street that still had his factory job and they laid off like a third or more of their uh, employees. And so like, competition like ramped up and there was like real psychological impacts that that had on not only my dad but the whole family and yeah something that uh uh was i i had a bit of a similar story in regards to the fact that a lot of people were getting laid off and my dad you know luckily his job survived all the all the rounds of layoffs but that kind of stress like spills over into the family life so much i remember having uh, panic attacks as a kid because you would hear on the news that you know IBM was having another round of layoffs and we didn't know if you know if you next were gonna get that car or whatever yeah if if next week we wouldn't have you know enough for a mortgage or enough for this or that and it was kind of a stress that was unloaded onto everyone not even uh, uh, intentionally you know my my dad worked his best to make sure that we didn't. Uh, you know, worry about money and all that stuff, you know, incredibly hard work or work like 16 hour shifts for an incredibly long time. Don't know how, how the fuck he did it. But uh, yeah, that, that period of uncertainty definitely, you know, was, was more than an impact on the workers. It was an impact on the workers and their families. I remember, and this is something that like I, in my like little kid brain that like mystified everything. I remember not being able to understand why all of this stuff happened to so many people at once. I thought that like the street was cursed. Like I thought my neighborhood was cursed. I watched like, I watched it exacerbate like mental health problems in my neighbors. Uh, one who uh, 
really, really suffered from it because I guess his situation with his dad got really bad after the paper factory closed. So just like the, like the psychological trauma of like living through that, not just for the people who lost their jobs. I mean, I can't imagine and I'm sure that it was worse, but like even the people who were fortunate enough to keep them like for, for reasons that I, even more reasons that I won't go into was traumatizing for a lot of families. Yeah, it turns out it sucks shit when like every breadwinner in a community loses their fucking job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I I have I have, I do have something pulled up on the screen just with some quick statistics on how shitty a long commute is. So it is it's it's all obvious things, but I think I think the I think the thing that's most important and that we need to keep in mind is that people with a long commute are 33% more likely to deal with depression. Huh. Um, which is like, it's not surprising, but that's a, that's a big fucking number. Yeah. Really I want to make a joke about like being alone with your thoughts, but it's just sad. Like it just makes me really sad. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely a point to the fact that you're alone with your thoughts. You yeah. know, nothing really gives you that, that twilight zone between having to work. You know, you're off the clock, but you're not getting paid. You just have to sit there and you got to you got to fucking make your way home. You're not relaxing. You're not getting paid for your for your work. So you just kind of sit there really thinking about how much is any of this worth. And Bob, you scare the shit out of me every time you mention this. Uh, the likelihood of falling asleep on your way home. Oh, like, yeah. No, it it rocks actually to. uh uh, be woken up by the bumpies. Yeah. Um, I know that it's happened to my mom. It's happened to my mom on her way home. She said that she woke up looking at the back of a semi truck like two weeks ago. And that she just like, she just got woken up by like a horn or something honking on the highway on the highway. Like she would, she would have died. Yeah. She um, would not here. Something, uh, I mean, something that like, um, it's kind of like hard to admit, like I hate it, but like, Last uh, last week, I finally just like bought a bottle of caffeine pills at Walmart um, for the morning and for when I go home. And like it is it, I'm ashamed at how much it like improves my day. Oh, yeah. Stimulant like abuse fucking, is what runs. That fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, And like if I could get like. I mean, oh yeah, no, if I, if I, if I knew, if I had like an Adderall plug, um, that would be so tempting. I can see how these communities would like, you know, get hooked on meth because they all like work at factories. You just fucking go on a bender and get a lot of work done, I guess. I don't know. No, well, like my dad was a trucker, like he, he, yeah, he like at every, he, he never like he never did um but like you know he would always tell us that like oh yeah he's like every truck stop you go to like you can 100 like you can get like that that high test fucking speed you can get you can get like the kind of amphetamines that they're pumping into our president right now you can get adrenochrome yeah <laughs> just like oof yeah Ew. i don't like that yeah jeffrey epstein style truck stop hate it <laughs> 
Little, yeah, uh, I used to live with a guy all over. Hmm? Sorry. I used to live with a guy who uh, he worked this warehouse job and like those those contracted warehouses, like the ones that aren't attached to a, a big box store directly, but like the ones that are contracted out to Amazon or stuff, you know, it's like fucking Upton Sinclair's the jungle in there. It is it is some of the worst working conditions you can imagine. It's the only job that a lot of ex-cons can get. So they really yeah. have no choice. And drug use is practically encouraged there you know in the in the the back room somebody's always snorting something uh and and i remember he had like this this coke slash crack problem and it wasn't from enjoyment you know it was it was because these were utility drugs to him and you know it was what he needed to get through his day and i never turned it what's that sorry i'm trying no i'm just trying to like shout out people that follow us sorry i I missed them earlier and i feel i feel bad about it it's okay thank also thank you for following us autumn leaves and like i never dipped into anything super hard but uh i definitely uh because i worked second shift and something that i used was uh i don't know if y'all are familiar with ephedrine uh it's the cough medicine that you need to get with your id because it's basically like a precursor to meth and like one of those real what's that an ingredient to meth like there's a that's why they keep it behind the uh uh uh, the counter is because before before there were controls like the meth dealers were like making like buying like crate loads of it to just like like smash it up pseudofed to make crystal yeah uh and that shit's like i i had to you know it's difficult to get off of not because it's it's particularly like mentally addicting it's just that it is incredibly helpful it helps the time go by faster it keeps you sharp and alert and you know it's bad for you it's bad for your heart i mean i remember knocking back two of those with a red bull on my drive over oh, uh, and I uh thinking about that uh but yeah yeah i think stimulant abuse is the the most the biggest reason that it's a problem in this country i think is because of working conditions and the way that we treat our workers yeah well and like when you you have when you add up all of the things that we've talked about on this stream which is like not having access to good food um having a a a you know horrifically long commute having a shitty job that has you on your feet all day um you how does that not culminate in either stimulant abuse to get you through your day or like, uh, you know, abuse of another like alcohol or narcotic to make you like um, not hate your life when you're off your job. Thank you for the follow Caitlin. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that. I've seen, uh, somebody's misery at you know my dad fell off of a silo i might have mentioned this on another stream at one point my dad fell off of a silo at work once like a like a two or three story silo wasn't maintained well somehow ended up landing right on his face jesus so we had like his whole jaw was cracked he hadn't he's had major teeth problems for years ever since this was back in like 2006 and i remember before his before his liver died uh, we were on we were on a trip, and he hadn't had the money, or like I guess didn't have dental through his job, so he was just swishing whiskey in his mouth 
to like get rid of the pain and then swallowing it. And I remember but like, you know, he's always had like a, you know, he, he, when I was a kid, I would, you know, three, two, one, go. And, you know, he'd take a shot and, it, you know, that was like an everyday thing, counting my dad off, taking shots on the couch. Right. So like, yeah, it's pervasive. I mean, yeah. it is everywhere. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's real. Like that is such a, that story feels like home to me. Yeah. Honestly, it's so familiar. Also, uh, probably probably coincides with the fact that as they started uh, laying people off and you know things started tightening down, they were inventing reasons to fire people, and so they started you know testing for maybe some more uh, benign things that might get people a little happy and you know not kill their livers or right. or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, it's. It, it, terrible how like you know you can't get a job if you smoke weed you can't get a job if you smoke weed three weeks before you took the test you know the tests yeah. are, are so completely different but you can you know drink a handle every weekend and that's oh, yeah. fine oh yeah you can get well, blasted jack like every day and no one cares as long as you don't like fucking run someone over the forklift because like the... okay so Am I hallucinating or are state stores like, does that literally mean that like, like the alcohol business in America goes back to the founding of America and like it is inter intertwined with the state. So like they want you to get drunk because they make money off of it. Oh yeah. Literally. I, I watched this terribly interesting video about the history of vodka in Russia and during imperial times, um, basically before during imperial times early on, uh, making alcohol was a great way for the peasants to be able to actually make some money and, and, you know, have some sort of self-sufficiency. And then what happened was the crown said, no, we're, we're the only people that can make vodka in this country. And basically the, the government was creating like the, the, the means through which that destroyed their people. And it was an incredibly pervasive issue. That's why Lenin uh, was so anti-alcohol. It was because it was being used as a tool of state control yes it's it's very uh, it's very pacifying it's the it's the adult it mean it's kind of the adult pacifier you go home and you suck on a bottle mm -hmm. and i mean i'm not immune to that um i'm you know drinking on the on the job so to speak also uh just another like it is so viciously marketed to women to get drunk all the time just is a, like as a random aside, like rose all day. Uh, it's wine Wednesday. Uh, time to get drunk. I need my mommy juice. Yeah, uh, it, you know, more, more so than it is to men, I have to say. Um, it's uh, because it's so cutesy, right? It's like, uh huh, you like you need your you need your little drinky. It's time, it's time for, for my mug of wine in the morning, like, right. Right. It's, you know, brunch, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like you. And it seems I like in the cultural that. perception, people don't like recognize alcoholism in women as much. Like, I feel like as far as cultural perception goes, uh, alcoholism is viewed far more as a male thing. And it's, it's kind of very much overlooked amongst women. That's just observation. I don't have any data for that. Well, I think the, the reason for that is going to be because alcohol alcoholism in men tends to um, um, erupt. Produce in, violence? Yeah, yeah. It, it, 
Al- alcohol really truly is violence juice. It's just that men and women display their violent tendencies in different ways. Yeah, I throw things. Um, where like where like a man would like punch a wall, or God forbid, their spouse. Like a drunk woman is is a uh, is a, is a very cruel person usually in my experience. I'm I'm lovely. I've, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a perfect angel. Uh, 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 I'm just, but I'm just built different. Yeah, I've never been mean in my life. <laughs> yeah, except yeah, except to like everyone on Twitter, everybody online. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna drop the link to my podcast in the chat if that's all right. Please, yes, please oh, do. Yeah. Like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, full all endorsement right. uh, to the podcast that is being put in the chat. It is good. I did yeah. listen to it. I did lose my mind laughing over it. It is Hell good. Yeah. For I, I have to say, for like a like rookie podcaster, uh, like extremely good shit. Like, thank you. Like yes. left up. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I was. I wasn't expecting like not good, but I was not expecting as good as it is. It's really good. Like it's structured really well and put together really well. Yeah, like very uh poggers shit jonah um while i'm looking for some more content why don't you uh talk about your pod for a little bit just kind of give everyone uh, the what's what yeah uh basically me and my friend grip uh we've been friends for a while we go over like the weirdest and most obscure uh conspiracy theories like uh we're not we're not going for like the 9-11 and the jfk uh, we're going for like the the really strange and obscure shit. So for the first episode, uh, it's like a show and tell kind of format, uh, where uh, they'll present one to me and then I'll present one to them, and we we just kind of react to it. Uh, the first episode is the moon isn't real, and that uh, Long John Silver's is a money laundering operation for something called the Cornbread Mafia. Uh, so those are really fun topics. Um, Hell yes. Next week's episode is going to be about how Reddit is a uh, a government operation. It's it's a it's a spook, uh, and they're going to talk about how this Illuminati card game from the '90s uh, told the future. There's this one uh, card from the from the card game where it's it's called like terrorist attack, and I shit you not, it is uh, uh, like two towers that looked like a twin towers, and one of them with an explosion coming out of it. Uh, and another one is called Secret Meeting, and it's like a slice of pizza. Uh, so, so we're gonna have a lot of fun with that. It's we, it's just something Wait, that we like to have fun yeah. with. Pizza, pizza, excuse yeah. me, yeah, excuse me. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I emoji, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, <laughs> pizza? yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just saw the uh, the other 9 11 bombing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. In this house, we only recognize one nine eleven, and that's what happened to our boy Ayinde. Uh, the thing is that the first nine eleven bombing was in the basement, I believe. I think it was, or it was like on the ground level. It was just like a bo- uh, van explosion. Um, but I don't know. It could be. It could very well be. Um, something that I always thought was funny is that people people are never like never forget ten twenty six. Uh, everyone forgot the the first people the people who died in the first uh, WTC bombing. Uh, they only remember the I, I, and I, it's great how they call it the 9/11 memorial. Uh, and they have a memorial for the other people who died in the first bombing, but just nobody remembers them. People say never forget, but like the first people to die 
from a terrorist attack at the World Trade Center are just I like... I forget those guys. Yeah. Yeah, people say never forget and they remember that they're Americans. Yeah. <laughs> never forget except for every single day of my life when I do things, that when I, when I support things that would uh, bring about another terror attack. Or yeah, when I, I love how would also bring another bring it up bring about. I love how a terrorist attack. attack happened twenty years ago, and every time I want to fucking take a flight, I got to get molested by some mall cop with a shitty tat sleeve. Yeah, not letting me vape in, on the plane is absolutely like like pertinent to national security. The uh, so I think. Uh, I think a good a good topic about hashtag never forget is um, how uh, you know in, in 2020 we've we've far and away reached the 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 time frame where literally we have we have fathers and sons uh, serving together and you see the fucking picture of the like like the yes like literally a father and a son like deployed together that on such a deep level like that breaks my heart it's that was an a, onion article five years ago <laughs> yeah yeah well as that, the onion is always is true um hopefully hopefully the weatherman clip will also be true someday i mean i was hoping that the the articles uh the onion used to do about joe biden stealing copper wires out of houses would come <laughs> um so yeah like like fa- fathers and sons i serving together in Afghanistan. And I, I don't think it's talked enough, uh, talked about enough. Uh, Afghanistan itself isn't talked about enough as like this, like deep psychic horror that it is. Um, like, obviously like Vietnam was more, more bloody. Um, but like, Afghanistan is this like eternal buzzsaw grinding up um, America's youth in a in an extremely like bad praxis mindset topic is to talk about the um, the sicko military recruiters setting up shop in poor high schools. Yeah. Where um, you can you can pray on, and this is this is a topic that I am like, I will go fucking nuclear on so many leftists about because oh, yeah. you want to scream and holler about how like, um, well if you join the military you're a massive piece of shit and like yeah probably you'll end up that way, but so many of these people start off as fairly like dipshit listless 17 and 18 year olds who don't have a career pathway. Um, they didn't get good enough grades to be like the three people in their graduating class that get to go to fucking college. And here comes Mr. Uh, uh, military recruiter who are all chosen because they're extremely nice and charismatic. And they talk to these kids about how you can see the world Hey buddy, you can get an education. Um, and it, this is become even like, like closer of an issue to me because one of my coworkers, a young man recently joined the Marines and I talked to him like in private and I'm like, 
dude, like, why? Why? And, and he confided in me that he joined the Marines because the recruiter told him that um, if he joined, they could get his mother papers. Ugh. And my That's heart just broke. The most. And I researched it afterwards. And one of the biggest lies told right now in military recruitment is uh, bye, Autumn, leave. Sorry, your internet's gone to shit. So, oh, so- bye, Autumn. Thank you so much. Um, And one of the biggest lies recruiters tell kids now is uh, POC POC kids like um, that whose uh, folks don't have papers. Like we can, we'll get your parents' papers. It technically they can. That is possible. That is a thing that can happen. Does it happen most of the time? Absolutely not. Will this country deport um, veterans who uh, came over, who were DACA or came over even before DACA? Absolutely. There are communities that have sprung up in places like Tijuana that are solely um, Mexican-American former troops. That's the most grotesque thing I've ever heard in my life. Like no one should be, um, no one should ever be deported. But there is something uniquely grotesque about having someone who chose to like put their life join and like and like got sent to some like hideous, awful place for no reason other than the enrichment of like five like greasy Jeffrey Epstein associates, and and their repayment is to get fucking deported because they got like a speeding ticket after they got out of the service because they're brown yeah and 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 these re- i remember i remember being in, in a poor high school and when we were juniors and seniors like military recruiters were ubiquitous and they will, they'll come to football practice. They'll come to whatever other sport practice. They come to your classes. They set up a, a table in the library. And, and you get an unbelievably hard sell. Mm-hmm. A hard, and when I, when I mean a hard sell, I mean like I, I apparently got like a really good score on the ASVAB test or whatever. And the Navy was so desperate to land me that they took my parents and I out to dinner. And paid oh like like a decent place, and like took us out to dinner, and like the government paid for it and shit. Jesus. Um, and I like, like thankfully I didn't join, but because like I'm too fucking broke to go to to pay for school and too stupid to have gotten a scholarship, even knowing what I know and even having the political aff- affiliations that I do, I still. There's a part of my brain that regrets not joining because it's like, well, at least I'd have an education. At least I'd be able to like maybe provide more for my family. Yeah. And that fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, and and it is, you know, it's personal for me too, because like, you know, I have family in a trailer park in a town, just a couple, you know, 20 minutes over. And recruiters like hung out outside of the high school where those kids go to school or like in the gym, I guess at their high school, you know, and you know, two of my cousins, one of whom I, you know, one of whom 
is the kind of person that will adapt to being in the in the Marines quite well uh, enlisted. And another who um, is on the spectrum and has always had mental health issues. He enlisted because, you know, he didn't do well in school because kids like that don't often do well in school. And if we had a sane military, like, you know, people like that would maybe not be subjected to, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be like, you know, people who are on the spectrum can't do anything, you know, but do I think that he can handle the psychological impact of that knowing what I know about him? No, that's not because of, you know, that's not because of anything bad, but you know, they, they roped him into this and I, you know, like I, you know, I held him when he was a baby and it's fucking terrifying, you know? Yeah, no, it's, um, and, and, and it's a, it's a massive missing piece in leftist discourse to, um, to just have like, to just do like the simple, simple mind brain shit of like, well, if you join the military, you're bad. Um, and you know, like buddy, like God bless you. If you had, if you had like perfect politics when you were 18, but like, I don't know anybody that, that did that. I certainly did it. You know, when I was 18, I thought that like Ron Paul was based, um, <laughs> Because I was a fucking idiot, like almost every 18-year-old. I was an Iron Man fan. Like, oh God. In, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, no, like, like I remember like I, the the thing that actually got me away from like being a quasi-libertarian was actually reading Atlas Shrugged and getting like two-thirds through through it and being like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever read. This sucks. I yeah, hate I it. Had read, I had to read Rand as a part of my entire freshman English class in high school was an anti-communism class. It was an anti-utopia class. And we only talked about communism being bad. That was it. Yeah, I had to read <laughs> I read random school too. And it, yeah. it just sucked. It's it's not even writing, it's just an ideology shittily cloaked and she and is a really truly she was, rest and piss, a really oh, stupid person. The whole book is just like, we are not allowed to use names. So we went to the bathroom. We hit our head on the bunk bed. You know, like, just like the idea that, like, calling yourself we is the scariest thing. Like, which as a concept is literally nothing. Like, sure, maybe, like, my name sucks. I'd, I'd go by we. That's fine. So, Sorry, um, no, so, so everyone bring your eyes to, to the screen, to this Wikipedia article that was shared to me by Chi about, uh, uh about, uh, former defense secretary, Robert McNamara, who, uh, in the sixties, uh, made a program to recruit soldiers who would have quote previously had been below military mental or medical standards. Oh, I remember this. Y'all, uh, y'all chat about that. I'm going to get, uh. I'm gonna get Alex in the in the chat. Yeah, this is about how uh, uh, during Vietnam they specifically targeted uh, developmentally disabled uh, young men and basically just used them as cannon fodder. Yeah, no, uh, like it was a really a... interesting book that I started is called uh, I think it's called Kill Anything That Moves and it's meant to catalog basically it's it's supposed to be like comprehensively cataloging 
every major war crime that happened in Vietnam. Uh, and it's it's hard to read, but it's it's really eye opening because you know it it it's hard to remember every single one of them. It's hard to to write down every single one of them. When he was talking about doing his research, he was trying to find uh, he was like trying to piece together from um, sort of different reports that soldiers had made that were buried and stuff like that. And he was trying to identify this one massacre. And on the way, he found like five different massacres like there there were there were there was like a a little monument in almost every village he visited uh to at some point when the people of that village been massacred uh and it's it's ugh, i every few weeks i think about the vietnam war and i absolutely lose my fucking mind i took it in, when i when i was in college i took a class on uh like the philosophy of war and i had to read a, a book of letters home from vietnam and they're like this slow like realizations as people are like literally writing things down like oh god we're over here for nothing you're just killing children and women and brutalizing children and women for nothing Uh, you know i remember like literally somebody like writing like what's it all for why am i here you know like yeah, the only cool thing that happened during the Vietnam War was uh, those dudes who smoked weed out of a shotgun. You ever seen that oh, video? I... The video fucking rules. That sounds like it whips, and I would do that. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to... Hi. Hello. Hi. Yeah, I, I wanted to link that um, Project 100,000 thing, and there, there there's, uh, I think, a documentary. I think the title is, sorry, uh, Magnamara's Morons. I don't know if that's like a inappropriate title but uh really i think you know quadruples down on like the um recruiters or bastards um mindset because like they basically sent literally mentally incapacitated people like incapable of operating their firearm who were just like killed in battle or like sent off to the side and many were coerced into enlisting yeah like but, uh, literally I missed most of the uh, streamer earlier, but I, I hope that hope that went well. Uh, I had some things going on concurrently, so yeah. No, I think it's something that like I I didn't know about this, so I'm glad that you brought it up. No, it's been That's- it was a it was Fucking a good Lyndon Johnson. Yeah, you son of a bitch. Fucking. You but, big I mean- you big hogged bastard. Butter. And then a, lot, a lot of guns. Basically, you're a terrible person if there's a place in Texas named after you. <laughs> no, it's it's true. George W. Bush Highway, fucking yeah. half of everything named after LBJ and his wife. They recently tried to, or not recently, when I was a kid, they tried to uh, name one of the highways that goes through my town uh, Ronald Reagan Freeway. <laughs> Oh hell yeah! Because it's on the free. Yeah, if when you get on that highway, you forget whatever you're thinking about at the time. When you get on that highway, you shit your pants. Yeah. When you get when on you, that highway, you, uh, you find like a brick of coke and some shotguns in your trunk. When you get when you when you when you get on that highway, uh, whatever friend of yours that has a, a debilitating disease, you abandon them. So, oh god, you, poor Rock Hudson. Yeah, that shit sucks. 
And you narrowly avoid an assassination attempt. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> TOS, nice. TOS. Um, man, I don't even know if we... I mean, we could we could get wacky and like do some clout shit and talk about one of our enemies, which is happening in the chat right now. Oh shit! Which enemy? I mean, the cliff is kind of funny, but I mean, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's I, a question. I just don't know. Yeah, I find it personally. Y'all got haters? Oh, buddy, Jonah, I will fill you in. But boy, do we have haters. <laughs> we. So I can't so, wait to get talked. I, I okay. feel out of the loop. I would love to know what's going on. I will tell one. I'll tell one story, which has nothing to do with what's uh, being put in the chat. But our our first oh God. Okay. Sydney, yeah, okay. our our first hater, our first hater was someone that um got haters and fake friends. Let's, let's yeah, iterate both, them. Yeah, uh, former former patron. Um, yeah, former our, guest. Our, uh, our, uh, we were, we were called out on Twitter and on a majority report call because we refused to denounce Michael Brooks on air for having friends. <laughs> oh, this, and, and this, yes. And I was harassed for like a month and a half straight for, for being mutuals with somebody on Twitter. Yes. Um, the, uh, this culminated in a uh, bad praxis being called fascist on, <laughs> on Twitter for months and months because we, uh, did not cancel Michael Brooks. Yeah. Like I went on the, um, I went on Matt Bender's doomed stream and he has this weird thing where he doesn't ban anyone, even if they're like in the chat. Saying, will not watch, even if they're in the chat saying watch this documentary called the greatest story never heard 1488 <laughs> that says level of moderation is the discourse you know we have to reason and do all this shit so, but anyway those people are there calling us nazis because because we did not cancel michael brooks for having friends yeah what did that, michael uh, brooks do to had, no, literally, like had friends. He was he's friends with um uh, David Slavic, uh, who's normal. It was like a, it was like kind of a low tier like proto Gwen Snyder thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, which to bring it full circle, my man like gets we treated by Gwen all the time right now. now. I mean, <laughs> it is it is funny to think about the fact that uh you know Michael Brooks's last like the last tweet that he liked was. Making oh my god, it's so good. Can we can we pull it up? That's, yes, that's yes, good. send it to me and I'll pull it up because it's 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 incredible. I uh, rest in peace to our boy. Yeah, but our, our, um, our sweet the the like a phenomenal memorial to the man and his sense of humor and his friends and the podcast. I was talking all muted B boomer. Oh um, that's uh that is very not poggers of you, Chi. Yeah, thankfully I yeah, have. I, I was saying, you know, like, like everyone, there's like some rigidity or like, you know, people are humans, but th this is definitely a, a bright spot. Let me find it. Yeah, no, this, uh, like through through the sadness of that day, like this, like 100% um, put a smile on, on pretty much everybody's face. You know, while we're... While while Chi is looking for the tweet in question, like I will see say that uh, uh, literally the show would not exist without 
without Michael Brooks. And uh, we all met through um, his community and uh, became friends. Yeah. Yeah. And now like, now we've got this uh, like, like sweet show and people that actually like enjoy listening to us talk and will hang out with us while Is we, cool while we recap uh, how I ended up becoming friends with uh, you all. Yes, that's a great story. <laughs> All right. So the backstory for this, just to excuse myself a bit, I was on like two, three hours of sleep and I see on Twitter somebody claiming to be a socialist for Biden and uh, <laughs> my brain just breaks and I, I end up getting in a Twitter fight with this person, not knowing they're a satire at all. Like it completely goes over my head. I take a massive L and like the only way I figure I can save face is just to donate to the Patreon. I just like start contributing. <laughs> Just as like a like a like a paying you guys for your labor kind of thing, and then we ended up becoming mutuals. Hell yes, I think that like can we the recap. Best oh, sorry. Oh god. I was like, can we recap that own? I think I've missed it. Oh gosh, you uh, you created a wonderful uh, Twitter poll uh, claiming to be a socialist for Biden. I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. Wait, so while, while you're yeah you did that um this is the the poll you got like a thousand comments on um it was like two accounts wait ago. was this like okay well no i think that i think i was i think it was like i was pretending to be like pelosi's a slay queen or yes. something yes 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 um by the way thank you for the follow shana and welcome a fellow like fellow fellow uh streamer uh bro bra king I'm back. Yeah, if you I'm like if you like late night uh, news and politics, the post post, post, post have, I mean, yeah, check out check out the post. It's really post where people. it's at. Um, I'm sorry. What were, what were we saying a second ago? I forgot because my brain is like a goldfish's. So I forget who was talking, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, anyway, oh, here's oh, the here's a Brooksy I... tweet in like in question. <laughs> like, what a beautiful beautiful uh, memorial. Yeah. And I, I believe, I believe this is still the last like of uh, of, uh, of uh, on Michael's Twitter. Bro, bro, it's not an ascot. It's a it's a neck gaiter. It's my face protection. Okay. Why are you wearing your mask in your house, cuck? Because I go places. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stop living by fear, bro. Yeah, I'll bet you your pineal <laughs> gland is calcified as fuck. Beta. Yeah, yeah. My my adrenochrome weak as fuck. Do not harvest me. My adrenochrome coming out like the third nut of a day, just water. <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh man, I don't like that. I, good, but I didn't like it. I mean, that's the best kind of uh, that's the best kind of joke. Everyone's uh, uh. Everyone's offended, even the teller. Every time I try to type, I have this like propped up a little bit so the angle isn't so shitty. And every time I try to type, I feel like that like Peter Griffin, like with long nails. Like I'm sure somebody knows what I'm talking about, even if none of you do. I'm scared to type because I'm an you asshole that goes on a keyboard and I don't want to be obnoxious. So yeah, basically to recap earlier, we owned jonah into being a uh, a patron and now he's a friend and guest on the pod and a fellow yeah. podcaster yeah, it's, our, 
our favorite way of uh, getting patrons for a little while was just bullying. <laughs> I've made a lot of people like mad and then they get. Yeah, we stopped doing that. Patrons. I never quite understood that, but it happened. She, she remember times. that that one that one lady that you owned? Did was I muted again? Bucks? Fuck. No, I heard you. No, you were talking. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, no, she. It was like forty dollars actually. It was yeah. like no, like a significant amount of money. Uh, chi, uh, uh, speaking speaking of weird beasts, remember the Hill of Roses? I feel like yeah, I that one that one is dumb though. But he's still like doing that shit. Yeah, he's like <laughs> the polls guy. The po- yes, the the online podcast poll guy. Oh god, I remember like I remember one time I was looking and and he was having a tournament for like the best senator and so there was like a poll that was like something i don't remember who exactly it was but it was something along the lines of like Susie hirano versus cindy hyde smith Susie like, hiramo i i don't i'm not sure her name, you know, one of the senators from hawaii is, is who i'm trying to talk about but like her versus like the senator from mississippi what is the fucking point of that like can you do anything at all different Cloud. with your time like clout that's politics baby that's how it works clout we love clout das capital baby <laughs> yeah I mean, Rana's great. not a terrible senator i guess relatively no like, no okay although okay, okay. That's, that's not a high standard like okay so the one thing with hirono though is that when aoc came out with the green new deal so Senator Hirono is senator of uh, of is a senator from Hawaii, I believe, and she said along with Brian Sh- with, Shat, with his Twitter pants. dumbass Brian Shat pants. Um, she when the Green New Deal came out, Senator Hirono said, "Oh, does AOC expect people to 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 ride a train from Hawaii to California?" And it's Let's no, do it. obviously not. You yes, dumb such, fucking idiot. So dope. That, like if that. <laughs> That would be sick, though. Oh, oh, why, why, oh, you want to have a, a massive um, feat of engineering, you know, to like massive, like you know, on the, on the scale of like the Manhattan Project? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, like a multi-decade undertaking just to make a train go from Honolulu to L.A. No, I think that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be sick. Bro. I'm um, sorry, you saying? <laughs> No, I just I was just like wondering, like she's not a bad senator, but I've hated her ever since then, just because that is such a phenomenally stupid thing to say. It, it's it's all like like the right wingers didn't say anything that dumb about the Green New Deal. Yeah, little tiny windows. Tiny yeah. <laughs> well, that seems like as good a time as any to call the show. So this episode went a little longer than expected. Uh, we're still getting used to, uh, you know, streaming shit. Uh, you should, by the way, follow us on uh, twitch.tv slash badpraxis to catch us occasionally doing live records, premiering episodes, or just doing whatever. In the coming weeks, we're really going to make a, a push to doing more streaming and uh, kind of keeping our uh, podcast to more pre- premium stuff or like the, you know, uh, things that are a little too spicy for uh, the, the Twitch TOS. Um, Kennedy, Bob, and some friends behind the scenes have put a lot into um, making us a really 
solid stream setup. So we can't wait to to share that more with you guys and gals and pals. Um, with this episode, it's a it's a bit produced uh, in order to cut down the time, even though it still runs runs a little long. But we're uh, planning to have the full video up just eventually. Not sure when we'll have that uh, ready, but we'll let you know when it's available. Thanks a ton to everyone for supporting us and helping us get out there. Uh, can't ex express how much it's appreciated. And the more you share, the more really that we can do. Love y'all. Also, thank you Ex Nilio for the sick new Better Redneck Than Dead music. Check out their Twitter and SoundCloud linked below, and also have some. We'll have some other um, things that were like kind of visual that don't really translate, um, and other you know information of things discussed linked in the uh, in the description. So once again, thank you everybody, and uh, have a great day. Bye bye. Gotta rehearse my song. <laughs> we're dropping this series to talk about people online.